Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On today's show, UK comedian Carl Donnelly returns to the show to talk about his brand new stand-up comedy show appearing at the Melbourne and Sydney Comedy Festival. My name is Justin Hamilton and I'm about to glow up. Yes, that is the title of Carl's show here on Big Squid. Always a treat to have your company and always a treat to have Carl Donnelly on the show. Uh, Carl is a good mate of mine and uh, he is out here in Australia at the moment and will be uh, appearing at the Melbourne and Sydney comedy festivals with his show Glow Up. Uh, I'm going to try and have a few comedians on in the lead up to the festivals and I have to say, thanks to everyone who has emailed me or reached out and told me about going and seeing Rob Carlton at the Adelaide Fringe. Unanimous praise for his show. Uh, Five-star reviews over there. And five-star reviews, well, I've got to be honest, no one was giving stars to me, but they were uh, effusive in their praise, and therefore they read like five-star reviews. Oh, no, anyone who reads my blog knows that it might <laughs> might read like a five-star review, but it's a four-star review. Anyway... The point I'm trying to make is uh, thanks to everyone who reached out to me and told me that they went and checked out his show and how much they loved it. Uh, it's, it's great to know that uh, you went and saw it and I appreciate that uh, this podcast helped uh, nudge you in that direction to go and find him. Uh, coming up soon is Cameron James who will be in Adelaide. So uh, I've worked with Cam on his new show, Mixtape. It's fantastic. It's going to be at the Rhino Room, my home away from home. So uh, that will be the next one to check out in the Adelaide Fringe, Melbourne Comedy Festival and Sydney Comedy Festival. But 
yes, I'll try and uh, have a few more comedians on who are doing shows. And uh, I'll try and um, have a few people that you maybe haven't heard of before. Um, one, one person in particular, I'm going to try and have some time with her uh, in the next four or five days so I can get that uh, podcast up for you next week. But, uh, yes. Anyway, I won't tell you who it is. I'll, I'll see if I can uh, get some time in with her. And, uh, yeah, I think she's a really interesting comedian and uh, I think it'll be nice for those of you who don't know her to discover her. Okay. Enough preamble about what may or may not be coming up in the future. I'm off to see Dune 2, the premiere of that. So I'm sure I'll share some thoughts with you about that movie uh, soon as well. But in the meantime, let's welcome to the stage, to the microphone, to the podcast, the adorable Carl Donnelly. Uh, as a man who lives by himself and uh, spends a lot of time by himself as well, it's been an absolute joy to have you staying with me and have someone to come home to. <laughs> Just, yeah. I'd like to thank uh, your wife and my friend, Hannah Norris, for letting uh, you stay with me and yep. give me some company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you need, people. You, you need to sort of ship them in once a week. Yeah. Just ship in a, a friend for two days. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of perfect a little yeah. bit. Do, do you have a lot of people, when you're back home in the UK, are, are people wanting to stay with you all the time? Because I've stayed with you guys. You stayed with there. us, but not really um it tends to be well actually now in particular we moved um from the place you stayed when we yep. were there we've moved and our new place because now now we've got a child yes she's the when we used to have two bedrooms you know it was we had a spare bedroom now yeah. we've got two bedrooms and one of them is lived in by a three and a half year old yeah right so we don't have the i think when you've got a kid people ask to stay less yes because space but also a mixture of oh we don't want to impose when there's a toddler around yes but and also they probably don't want to get woken up at six thirty a.m. by right. my daughter wanting to show them how she can hop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would be a delightful way to wake up. I'd be like uh, totally into that. But yeah. uh, that's a very interesting thing. I reckon uh, there have definitely been friends uh, like uh, our mate Limo. Yeah. I would stay with him when I was in Melbourne. And when his son was young, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but now that he's a little bit it's older. It's almost like an unwritten rule, isn't it? I don't, yeah. Or, yeah. I've never heard it discussed. But no. I definitely, if I had friends with a child, would probably be like... I'm okay. Like I'll find somewhere else. Yeah. Even though I, I like to think that I'm a pretty good guest. Like I kind of keep yeah. to myself, you know, tidy up after myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, when it's a baby, you don't want to be yes. a- absolutely misconstrued as an imposition in any way. No. Yeah, I've never thought about it. Yeah. But, is... but once I get older, I'm like, well, yeah. once I can have a conversation with the kid, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I feel like we're... We're on level footing, and, yes, I, and yeah, I, yeah. if anything, I can be, I can be hanging out with the kid, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my friends can have a breather. Because it is fine. We had a friend stay last summer, just before the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm. Our friend Rebecca came and stayed with us. Oh yeah, and we've got in our living room. We have got a sofa bed, so we have got room for people. Yeah, um, and she stayed for like I reckon it was a week. Yeah, and it was absolutely fine. It was quite like she again. It was having a you know Twyla was probably just turned three. Yeah, and she found she liked it because they get on and it was nice. It was quite a nice little yeah. dynamic 
So it wasn't a problem. I just think, I do think people would self-police and be like, I just won't ask to right. stay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely a thing. Also, uh, you guys are social with, with Twyla as well. So yes. she's she's a social kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, but it's like from day one, I think. Yeah. Just, she's always just come out with us to everything. Not in the evening. We're not like taking her to <laughs> the pub at 10 p.m. Yeah. But, you know, I'd, we'd, yeah, we both love a pub beer garden and... yeah. You know, or a picnic or something when you're having a few drinks and like with loads of other people. And it's, I think, I because I grew up with that. I grew up in pubs, right? You know, Irish parents. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in pubs when I was a kid. Yeah. And then we actually lived in a pub from when I was nine. So yeah, right. I love, I like, I've got none of that. Some people don't like kids in pubs. Yeah. From their perspective of being in a pub, they don't want kids running around. Oh, right, right. Some people feel a bit weird bringing their kids to a pub. I yeah. Don't know, well, maybe it's the alcohol thing. Yeah, but I've all I all, I've always seen pubs as family places. Yeah. How long did your family own a pub? Well, they didn't own it, so my uncle owned it. Right. Um, before he got done for fraud. <laughs> right. <laughs> and lost everything. Yeah. Um, Big but, shout out if he's listening. <laughs> yeah. He passed away a few years ago. Oh, okay. I actually did get on with him towards the end. Me, we, me and him used to have a very fractured relationship. Right. Uh, but um, that's a weird thing to be like. A young fella, and you know you you brought up to respect your peers and your, and uh, not your peers, but your your family. Yeah, and uh, and then you find out like fraud. Not even not even found out. I was I remember it all happening at the time. Like, right, we moved into the pub. He like yeah. He basically asked my parents if they'd manage it for him. Right, ended up being the worst thing that ever happened <laughs> to my family. Right, like in terms of my dad liked a drink. Yeah, he could not be trusted with living in a pub was like the most terrible decision yeah like and and my mum's sort of was always yeah my mum it just it just basically almost ruined my family like my parents split up for a bit after like towards the end after two years in a pub right they split up and separated for a year because it just sent them both mad my dad was just boozing and then my dad started nicking booze and like you know he wasn't paying for any of the booze and but he was taking a bit too much right and then like when he was drunk he'd just go and open a cigarette machine and take a pack out and just smoke like and it basically <laughs> ended up being like there was loads of money just missing off the books because right. he was just drinking and smoking it wow and then the yes and it, they just fell apart and broke up but like um yeah, so, and, but then they sorted themselves out again and after. It was almost like that. It's like the Amateurville, you know? Like, yeah. The house was the problem. <laughs> Not their family. So yeah. when we moved like, out... Like literally the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> so once they, yeah, I, a year, little period apart after my dad sort of sorted himself out, stopped yeah. drinking as much. And he said he, he, was, he wasn't like an alcoholic. He just, he was an alcoholic when we were there. Yes. But in real life he wasn't. It was almost like this place. Yes. Once he's back home, like, he, you know, he, he could still go out once a week and have a drink and wouldn't touch another drop the whole week like it was weird it was like it just it yeah, sent the whole family mad i feel like i'm that way with lollies right <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. It, the reason i bring this up is because i'm working on dancing with the stars at the moment and there's snacks everywhere yeah yeah yeah. i, I never have lollies in the house i would never right. even think to buy lollies yeah. but as soon as i see a pack of you know jube lollies kind of yeah, in, a, yeah. in a corner it's like it, it, it's like i can't stop yes yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm similar. Like, I we're staying at um, Hannah's parents in Melbourne at the minute, right? Like, um, while we're in in the country, yeah. And they love a snack. Right. Her dad's got his little biscuit collection <laughs> on yeah. a shelf. Yeah. And Mum's always got loads of sweets and ice cream. And yeah. It is hard. It's hard. It's just all there. Yes. Like, I do think there is a, you know, I'm I'm somebody who 
I like a, I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah. But I'll tend to treat myself when I'm out and about. I don't right. buy a lot of it for the house. Yeah. Because yeah, when I'm in the house and it's just around me. You, oh, God. I'm, I'm cursed with having a sweet tooth and a savoury tooth. <laughs> like I'll have both of them. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I can't have lollies or chips. Like it's mm. a, it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So hang on. So yeah. So you know your uncle d- gets done for fraud. Yeah. And uh, like, don't get me wrong. I know fraud is not a good thing. Like, yeah. so I'm, I'm not going to compare it to yeah. other. things He didn't go to prison or anything. I will right. say it wasn't. Um. It was. Um. Basically, he ended up uh getting into a court case with the brewery that owned or that that supplied the pubs he owned. Yeah. And it turns out he was sort of scamming them, and then he tried to counter sue. Right, and they were like, and they basically they then came back and just wiped him out. They took everything, right, because of his what he'd done financially behind the closed right. doors. Yeah, so it wasn't like it wasn't he wasn't like he ended up in prison or anything. I think he had done been in prison previously. But that's a different story. But a, yeah, no, well, not for fraud. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it was more for other crimes. Yeah, but fraud is like one of those things where I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit naive. But fraud to me is like you know they, they they murdered someone or they did this or they did that. And fraud, you're like, oh, come on, mate. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it feels. I think it's also quite a broad church, the fraud world. You know what I mean? Yes. There's such different. You know, there's technically, you know, it's fraud to sort of not declare something on your tax return. Um, you know, there's yes. sort of such low level fraud. I'm, and maybe I'm thinking there's corporate, low level. It's corporate fraud. Yeah, and then I think there's. I think fraud is a real catch-all for loads of different crimes. Yeah, and then acting like a fraud. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think his was more just he was a bit dodgy with the accounting. Right. And then tried to somehow blame the brewery for some stuff. Right. They then did like a forensic yeah. accounting job on his books and were like, no, you have you owe us everything you own. You own. What's the, uh, before I say this next thing, what's the cutoff point with back taxes? Is it five years? Like if you go back, um, it, like once you. I don't know, actually. Is it seven years? I don't know what it's like here. I know in the UK, yeah, and I don't know. I won't name this person, yeah, um, but, but Stuart Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know there was somebody who went on a TV show, yeah. Um, this was like ten years ago. They yeah, popped, they they got asked to do a stand-up set on a TV show, yeah, and they had been doing comedy for like ten years at that point, right. and they had never even registered as self-employed. They'd not declared a single bit of income as a stand-up comedian right and then they went on television yeah and i think just obviously once they're on telly somehow hmrc just basically looked them up on the system and they weren't listed and then they sort of got in touch and were like we just want to check like have you paid any tax on your stand-up income and he was like no and they then got him to send you know, they basically did some googling could see that he'd been around gigging for quite a while, and they Far they out. went and they uh, like almost guessed like this is what we think you've earned in the last decade, and I oh. think he got hit with a hundred thousand pound tax bill. Oh, I mean, he's never paid. He's not. It's going to take him forever to pay it off. Yes, like it, well, it's not somebody who then the TV elevated to being like a massive comet. It was like a one-off thing. <laughs> oh no, you know. Oh god. Well, it also probably sounds like they've overestimated how much he earned as well, right? I think they probably could have. Yeah. But, I mean, that's by the by. And also, I'm not... It's it's absolutely his fault, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, you yes. know, I'm not somebody... I'm not saying, you know... I, I think... I'm, I'm, I declare everything. My, my accountant always said to me, just declare all your income yep. and you'll never get 
like investigated. There won't be any issue. Right. He said you can basically. And he always said to me like you could put through everything you buy on expenses. Yeah. And it would get through if you're declaring all your income. Not yes. that I'm saying you should do that. I don't like. But he said if you wanted to, like if you're self-employed. Yeah. Because you can literally just like the taxman doesn't really ever check that you might be being a bit dodgy with your expenses. They yeah. only check if they think you're not declaring income. Yes. And so I've, but I, so I've always had that in my mind from day one. I was like, just declare everything. Don't do that thing of getting a bit of a cash gig. And yes. Being like, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm pretty similar, actually. I, uh, I do quarterly tax. So I, it's every three months I'm right. doing yeah. tax, which a lot of my friends are like, it does their heads in. But yeah. <clears throat> I'd, rather, um, I'd rather stay on top of it. Yep. And I'd rather look into my account and go, that's mine. Yes. Then I think that's mine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm, on the one hand, I don't have a mortgage or anything like that. But yeah. on the other hand, I don't have any debt. Yes. And that there's there's a freedom to that. Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> isn't it uh, one of the great moments in uh, early in your career when you realise that if you take something on stage, you can declare it? Yes. Or talk about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and also, to be fair, like, you know, you, a lot of your, you, you know, a lot of your... your general day-to-day costs are actually part of your job you know it's sort of yeah it's not dodgy to no think. if you're self-employed and you spend a lot of time if you're sat in cafes writing all day yeah that, you know, that is work yeah you know so yeah <laughs> you're sure you are allowed to claim those coffees and yeah you know it'd be weird if you didn't you know i mean you're actually you know your transport to any work-related thing yeah you know and my accountant was always like anytime you go to anything cultural and then tickets to a sh- yes theater show a cinema gig like yeah you know, he goes you're allowed to put that through because you know especially i because my stand-up is always stories related yes. to what i've done in my life you know so he goes like that is technically research if you if you end up talking about it in particular yeah but you know you might not end up talking about it but you can still call it what it is which is sort of research yeah well do are you um because you've got a new show at the moment and uh uh like one of the things i, I don't know if I just did this, I actually have done this for so long. I don't know if it's something that I learned from hearing someone speak or if it's something that I just kind of did naturally. I think I may have just done it naturally. But I'll see something in a different art form and then try to apply, uh, speaking from a structure point of view, I'll then try and apply it to what I'm doing on stage. So as an example, the first solo show that I ever performed back in 2000 mm. i i based the beats of it on woody allen's manhattan right, right? so n- the, the show was nothing like manhattan yeah, yeah. but i just kind of instinctively knew oh that's a- a- end of act one that's the end of act two and this will right get me to the, my conclusion yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I learned from that okay yeah that's cool I've, I've never i've never had that in terms of structure in a show right i always I don't really know. I don't. I don't really have a process when it comes to like that. Thinking about the structure of a show, as much of I just, um, you know, because because my shows, I always want it to sound like a conversation. Mm. You know, I've, I, I purposely from day one, my stand-up's always been like, I want it to look like I've just wandered on stage, yeah, and I have a little chat to them, and yeah. then I'm just like, see you later, yeah. Like it's and it's it's all very conscious. I'm doing it on purpose, yeah. You know, it often is the case. Like, you know, I think it's. I've I've not read a review of myself in a decade or something, but I remember getting. I remember I used to read them when I was new, and I used to really enjoy getting quite a bad review that basically sort of hinted that oh, it looks like he's just wandered on and 
yeah. tells us a few stories and then wanders off. And I was like, that's exactly what I've done. Yes. You know, they think I haven't put any work into it. Yes. And I was like, that means I've done it really well when yes. they think, oh, he's not trying. Yes. You know, by the by, you know, even if they, they so some reviewers often, you know, They'll mention how well you did in the gig. They might say that oh, the crowd were loving it and all that, but then they obviously put their own opinion into it, which is yeah. what a review is. That's you know, yes. you so I, I used to. I, By the I, way, that's only a happen- good review. Like if they can, uh, that's a good reviewer. If they can point out that how the audience was experiencing yes. it and then their opinion, there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. worse than someone saying something's terrible and not funny yeah. when the the audience was having a good time. It's yeah, like no, yeah. you didn't find it funny, but the people there yeah, loved yeah. it. But that's, I used to, I, so I remember getting a couple of reviews where. Like it was almost like I did it well enough that they didn't think I was trying. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm going for. I want it to genuinely look like a, just your mates just walked on and just had a chat with you. Yeah, and so yeah, so when I'm writing a show, I my I, I tend not to think as much about structure in terms of it being like a piece of work. Right, and I structure it more to be like, how can this sound like I've just started rambling? Right, and then suddenly an hour's up, and you're like, yeah. bloody hell. So like often like so this show at the minute I've, there's one big story and I'm still sort of working it out whether or not the story's going to be the full backbone of the show right or if it's just going to the story starts about halfway through you know and the the pre it's all like here's you know here's where I'm at here's some thoughts a few funny little bits and observations having a chat and then I go into this story and the story just is the rest of the show and there's loads coming off it yeah so I keep coming out of the story and then going back into it yeah. And then at the end, it's like, oh, there we go. That's the, that's the end of it. And yeah. So yeah, I, so, yeah. I, my structures are always: how can I make this look like I'm not doing a show? So do uh, I'm guessing your shows invariably uh, you, you you have a routine that you're enjoying, and then you and then you explore it. Is that right, or do you, you, do you go of, into yeah. it with uh, the, you know goals in particular, or do you kind of find the goals as I've you're done, working? It? Di- I've done it. I've done different types. Like, so yeah. last year I did a show about my dad dying. Yes. And that obviously was the starting point was my dad is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to write a show about this. Yeah. So I started from not scratch, but you know, I still, I had, I had what I was going to talk about. Yeah. So everything had to fit in with it and yeah. everything, everything was on the point of this is, this is what it's about. And so I've done it a couple of times where something has happened in my life that I'm like, the show has to be about this. Yeah. But then the normally, the other years, it does come out of, I normally get to like, like imagine, so if I'm doing a show here in, and then the show is sort of starting in Melbourne, basically. Mm. And that means normally around, I'd say probably November, late mm-hmm. November, I just, I almost just look at all the stuff I've written in the last month or two months, or three months, and I've, I'm looking at what I've started talking about on stage, and all the little new routines that are just coming up, mm. and I no, all, almost nine times, nine times out of ten, I'll see a pattern, and I'll see, yes. oh, that's what I'm thinking about at the minute, right. that is the topic that is mostly on my mind, yeah. that is, I'm, I'm talking about on stage, and that tends to be like, so the show is probably just going to be about that, yeah. but then I don't sort of force the issue, I just carry on just writing for a couple of months, just whatever comes into my brain that so naturally, I'm just writing about what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And again, it always tends to be on a similar vein or in a similar vein. So like, and then yeah, around January, I normally go, oh, right, this is clearly a show is just forming. Right. Off these ideas. And then, yeah, and then often it will be like, which of these routines or stories is the one that is really landing? Yeah. You know, you can see people just like totally invested in it. Yeah. And then I, feel, I think, well, that's going to be the big 
the big thing, whether or not it's the starting point of the show or the the, the what the show. I tell them like, it's almost like telling them this is the what the show's about or this is what inspired the show. Right. You know, and it's it's yeah. So it's quite nice. I quite like some sort of doing that thing of when it's just a stand-up show and it's an hour about about a topic, but not really. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's a very, quite a vague thing about like, you know. I've, so this show is a lot about getting into my forties and just having a little stop take of yeah. health and yeah, m- you know, my mental state and all that. Yeah. And it's you know that's it's a, it's about as well trodden a you know basically basically it's a show about aging which right. has been talked about by so many comedians but you know you're obviously doing it very personally yeah but I, I, what i do like doing is having a little starting like point of one telling them like one thing started me thinking about this yeah do you know that yeah so like in this show i talk very re- really early on like in one preview i did it as the opening i said hello basically yeah and said like thanks for coming and then i just went look this show is you know it's sort of on a on a topic and i and i tell i told them that like this, the, the, what started me writing this show was i was having coffee with a friend and um he's a 43 year old single friend mm. and um i saw on his phone that the phone wallpaper um was a picture of himself <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and i basically just tell him like like and it just made me suddenly th- like think like you know that that's not that's a bad sign, isn't it? That in your in your forties, there's a picture of yourself on your phone. Yeah, and then it just that the, so that's almost like the first observation is like I saw somebody else do something that made me think. You know, in your middle age, you've got to be wary of a few like just keep an eye on yourself because yeah. otherwise you might go down a dangerous path. And then all the routines then come after that and the stories. Right, but it's just a nice little like image of sitting there with my mate being forty three and having a picture of himself on his phone. Was like, the thing that sparked the whole journey. That is, I, 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 you know, I don't quite understand why that feels off. Yeah, exactly. but it feels off. It's, it's, it's like it's, I, I remembered. Like I didn't say it to him either. No, I'm quite ex- let, I'm, let him find I'm, out I'm when quite, he comes to see the absolutely. show. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, he will know it's about him. And I think I did it. And um, a friend of mine, who was a mutual friend of ours, yeah, she saw me do a run through of it in Melbourne. Yeah. And she said, is that about? And she said his name. And I was like, 100% is it. She yeah. knew just from, like, she'd, she'd never seen it either, like yeah. the actual picture. But the moment I said it, she just knew it was him. Does he have, like, super good self-esteem? Or is it, what is it? Is it, a, is it an affirmation? It's like, no, I'm still here. I don't know. Uh, is it, is it, a, he's is it very, a goal? He's a very confident, Yeah, like, he's a he's very confident, like, handsome, like, you know, 43-year-old bachelor. Yeah. And... He's got. He's got. Definitely got some issues about his. He's, he's. He's got more issues about his place in. He's a comedian, but like, he's, yeah. like his place in comedy. He's got loads of insecurities. Oh yeah. And his career, but yeah. actually, as a person, he's very confident and very charming, very funny. Right. But like an eternal bachelor. Yeah. And not just a single guy in his forties. I mean, like he's just. He's got, he's got such a commitment phobe and all that. So there's loads of little things that I think once you, if you actually zoomed in, you'd be like, yeah, these are some issues you should probably work on before you get to 50 because yes you know these could become bigger problems (laughs) mate you know uh i i have been saying to people you the older you get the more you you become Mm. so you better make sure you like you yeah yeah, and if there's something that you don't like or something that you think needs improvement get get to it because it's just going to be accentuated as you get older i look at my mum who is (laughs) she's still you know she's 70 she's whip smart you know she's pretty sharp um, but her, um, 
she's always been quite rebellious. Uh, I think yeah. there was, you know, she had me when she was 19. So yeah. there's, there's still this a little bit, you know, fuck everybody kind of attitude. <laughs> and then it just comes out sometimes in ways that, uh, you know, I think she's at a point where, uh, you know, she... I think she's really offended by the fact that she gets labelled as a boomer. Right. When, when she doesn't really... F- like, apart from the age, she doesn't yes. fit that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, sometimes we'll just be sitting there and she will just say the most outrageous things <laughs> and it's and it's almost like she's just being rebellious to get... It, it's like pressing a button yeah, yeah. to see what I'll do. And I have to... Take it like I'll just kind of accept it for what it is and laugh and then just <laughs> not engage. Yeah, but it's a very but it's like a teenager. Yeah, thing I do that happens with quite a few older people. Yeah, I think like you know my father-in-law. You've met my father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. he's he loves a sort of a, a comment that I you can hear it and you're like I think you're fishing for a response. There. Yes, you know and actually. I don't even know if you think you believe that, or yeah. you know, I, I, it's almost just pure contrarianism, isn't it? Yeah. That I think that happens with a lot of older people. It doesn't not older people. I, I know enough middle-aged contrarians. Yeah, I do think the older you get, the more you just sort of often just say things for your own entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I watch that, and I and I think I've got a, like I've got a part of that in me. Yeah, and I've got to make sure that I keep a tight rein on it because yeah, at yeah. some point. I could just be in the future contrary for the sake of mm. entertaining myself or just or just being you know I think there's so much noise to the world where you 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 fundamentally agree with all this change and 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 progress uh but the thing you have to be really careful of is people telling you the thing that you've always believed before they were even born you're thinking about it like they're explaining it to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then there's there's a desire to push back on that. Yeah, but I think that's just yeah. I mean, and, and this is, again, this might sound patronising, but I think a lot of young people who, you know, once you get to sort of sixteen to twenty or something, and you start yeah. you start sort of forming your politics and your beliefs. Yeah. You know, I think every generation does that thing where they think they invented those mm. beliefs, mm. and they, it's almost. Uh, you know, they can't imagine the fact that you might, you know, a, a 50 year old was exactly the same and had those thoughts and has, yeah. still has those thoughts and those yeah. beliefs. Like, you know, because you, you, when you're young, you want to be so different to yeah. the generation before, the gen- generations before. Yeah. So I do think that's why they just, they, they think, well, we must have been the ones to come up with these. Yeah. And actually, most of them are just recycled ideas of yeah. thousands of Up, years old. updated you yeah know? yeah you know uh, i had a i had a comedian who's i think he's late 30s possibly bang on 40 at, yeah. at the most and uh, we were gigging together and uh, after my set and i'd you know i'd had a corker of a set actually and then he was like you know you're just so nice on stage and I, and I sit there and i'm like when's he gonna get dark and it's like mate i I said some heinous shit in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah. And and I actually can remember Sorry, this is this is really poor taste, but I I'm going to tell you to make a point out of it. Mm. Back in the 90s when comedy was uh, at that point was a little bit more confrontational yes. and and gigs were much rougher. Yeah. Like definitely. much rougher. So you kind of part of 
part of being confrontational on stage and saying shocking things was survival. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was very difficult to uh, not have that in your repertoire. Mm. And uh, Damien, who I used to perform with, one, one night we because uh, we used to sing songs, we dedicated a song uh, to Christopher Reeve and we sang Elton John's I'm Still Standing. Right. And it was, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, it, and I'll be honest, it killed. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. we did that so- joke song four or five times. Yeah. And then we were backstage and I looked at Damien and I said, hey, I've got to be honest with you, that's making me really sad that we're doing yeah. this because I love Christopher Reeve. And Damien looked at me and was like, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> I said, I, I think we should stop doing it. And he said, yeah, yeah I think we should stop doing it as well. And I, I look back on that as a, a point of maturity. Yes. And, and so when this guy was, you know, dropping suicide jokes and yeah. things like that, I, I don't judge it. No. But I left that shit behind decades ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. I think you know. I'm. I mean, my stuff's never been particularly dark or anything. It's all. But yeah. I definitely, when I was newer, veered more into stuff, knowing that the slight shock value would get a response. Yes. You know, when you're new, you're you're so desperate for the laugh and for yeah. the response that you will take the easier route to it. Yeah. Just to because you you're t- you're more scared of the silence than the yeah you know than thinking about I might have said something that's actually a bit gross. Yes. Whereas nowadays, I think I, th- I think I still say stuff now and again that is pretty dark. But it's <laughs> Mate, always you were telling me earlier one of about, your yeah, one of it, your punchlines, but it's also but it's about me. It's about you and yeah. the, and the context. It's it's got context. Yeah, I it, have loads of context to right, it. You know, I can is, drop some I can drop some stuff that has some edge to it. Yeah, yeah. But the context of it is coming from a. It's not trying to shock you. It's, no, no, no. It's, explaining it before Absolutely. you get there and yeah i just i think that's what i i definitely just turned it all back on me and was like mm. if i'm gonna say something horrendous yeah it's gonna be about me and yeah it's, it's gonna sound very honest and like this is more you know and there's no victim here apart from me yeah you know uh for people listening to this podcast if you go and see uh when you go and see carl's show at the festivals um Please write to me and tell me w- which joke you think we're talking about in his show, which is definitely dark and definitely directed at him, and uh, I'll, I'll share it with Carl. Or, or go up to him afterwards and say, hey, was it this joke? And I, yeah. I have a feeling you might get it right. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, uh, getting back to show structure, the the last show that I did, it was interesting. So, like I took seven months off performing after the this is going right back after the last lockdown yeah because well i i didn't go back to stand up initially because uh i'd been lucky enough to work on two tv shows during lockdown so Mm. i knew to go back and do a week at the store i there were comedians who needed that money yeah and and i thought i'll give a bit of time Mm. then after seven months i was like this is great. I have not performed. Yeah. I can go out on a Friday, Saturday night. I can stay in yeah. on a Friday, Saturday night. And then uh, and then COVID wiped out the store and they needed people at the last second. And I was like, it's a good idea to go and perform. Yeah. And uh, keep your hand in. And then I did three nights and management called me and said, how'd it go? And I was like, oh, man. I went along, I said some jokes, I got a good response. There was lots of laughs. I had a really good time and I've never been angrier. <laughs> it's like I was like Al Pacino and The Godfather Part yeah, 3, yeah. just when I thought it was out, <laughs> you know. And then uh, 
And then I was like, well, let's let's book in a week of hosting, you know, because hosting's a good way to kind of find your footing again. Yeah. And then I hit the week that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was doing material about that. <laughs> but every night I was checking my phone right up until I went on stage because yeah. I didn't want to walk on stage and go, hey, what about Will Smith? And someone yells out, he hung himself, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. go, "Cool, here's your first act." Oh man! So, so I was checking, but because it was so crazy, yeah. Every time I was checking, there'd be some new information. Like, you know, <laughs> I remember on the Thursday night, there's a there's a clip of OJ Simpson saying, "Violence is never the answer," and you go, <laughs> "Fuck, that's weird. I better talk about that." And then over the course of the week, I started off probably with a three minute bit and finished with a ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the building blocks of it that was the thing that really appealed to me about stand-up yes. again. And then I just had a flurry of ideas and then I went to... I was back in Adelaide and I asked Craig Egan, hey, can can you put a few less people on? Because I just... I really want to riff in the headline spot and see what I have. Yeah. And uh, did like... Got to the end and thought, oh, that's about 40-ish minutes, which is... That's possibly a show. And when I checked the recording, it was 70 Bloody and, hell. and I was like, Jesus. And then I, the, I was really panicky afterwards. I was saying to people in the audience, hey, how long did that feel? And they're like, 35, 40 minutes ago. Good. I right. didn't want it to be, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. that felt like 40 minutes. And you talk to people and they go, that felt like three hours. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But then anyway, the, then I listened to it and there was a structure to the show. And the, the, the structure was the order I'd put it in to remember it. Right, yeah, yeah. And, then, and so I, I wasn't looking for structure. I just went, here's... Here's five disparate things that I find uh, funny. One was about a, a rapper who had been a 24-year-old rapper called Gunu who had been shot dead and uh, his friends went and got his body out of the morgue and took him to the club and charged people to go and party with him one last time. <laughs> the second story was about a, a woman who got done for murder, but the way she got caught was she... <laughs> self-published a book about how she'd murder her husband. <laughs> and then a third one was about a guy in Singapore um, uh, suing a woman for putting him in the friend zone and he'd need lots of... <laughs> so, they're, they're all kind of stories like that. Yeah. And I just put it on the, under the umbrella of so much weird shit happens yes. in the world that normally things that we talk about for months on end, that one thing happens before you have time to think about it, the next thing happens. Yeah. And I put it under that umbrella and then that was the bit, mm. you know? And... Uh, and it's funny, the more you do things, the structure ostensibly for stand-up is often just the order that you can remember. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's like even with bits, I think, the longer you've been doing it and the more you sort of know yourself. Yeah. The bits do form yeah. better, don't they? Like you're yeah. not starting every new routine or joke from scratch. Yeah. You know, if you, have a, if you see something funny or something funny happens to you or you think... Something funny, like normally the moment, the first time you write it down, it's yeah. at least got the format of a routine, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Not, it's not just a bunch of words. Yes. Like even I've, I often don't write, like if, I've, if something happens to me that I want to do on stage as a story, I never write it down before I do it for the first time. I literally will right. go on stage and just tell the story yep. and f- play around with it yep. in the moment. And often the the sort of natural punchline bits throughout the story just come out. Yeah, they kind of present themselves. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. And yeah. then you sort of, it's almost like reverse writing it. I'm, yeah. I'm writing it 
down off the back of what I'm saying on stage rather yeah. than the other way around. That's, yeah, I'm a little bit the same now as well. And then it, ostensibly I then will go back and I'll, I'll just write some notes of don't forget this bit, yes. don't forget that bit. Do you, do you ever have, this might sound insane, do you ever have moments where you kind of think about yourself in the third person and uh, like as an act? So I have a, you know, it's only, it's only like about a four or five month old routine, but it's my favourite routine that I, I think I've, up till this point, yeah, yeah. written, which is a, is a story about going to the cinema uh, and being in the line and two young girls come up and tell me it's the line up for Barbie, not <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, I put this routine together and then I remember doing it on stage and then coming home and just write, just putting down point form, the, the things to remember that yeah. I enjoyed hitting. And then I just looked at it and I, <laughs> I, I literally... Looked and I went, oh, yeah, that's what Hamo does. <laughs> that's, like I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what that guy does. Yeah. Who's me? But yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what he, that's what he talks about on stage. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> and then um, it's, I, I talked about this with Carl Barron, actually. Mm. Uh, so do you, ever have, do you ever have moments like that? <laughs> Carl's such a, have you ever met Carl? No. He's such a sweet man. He's such a lovely guy. Uh, I said that to Carl and he just kind of like thought about it, like really thought about it and then looked at me and went, nah. <laughs> but uh, you know what it is. He, Carl only writes for himself. But because I think I write for, life, yeah. you know, I write for TV shows, I write for other comedians yes. and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like I've now on the, on the shelf. I've, the, okay, I'll take me down yeah, now and I'll yeah, write yeah, for yeah. me. That's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, do you ever do you ever get to the end of a routine and go, yeah, that's what I talk about? Um, no, I often I do sometimes sort of do a bit like a story, and I'm like I, I'm aware that it's very much in the vein of what I do. Like yeah. you know, the sty- stylistically, I'm always like, yeah, that's a yeah. Oh, I've seen this little move before you know yeah yeah <laughs> but not in terms of a joke <laughs> yeah you, you know your tricks <laughs> well yeah like I've, yeah. I'm, I've, I'm quite fond of a little shaggy dog story on stage right like, you know one where you sort of it's quite long-winded and funny along the way but the end is just really it's a non-event right and the joke is that you took the audience ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today a little journey for three or four minutes yeah and then at the end there's just nothing yeah and so the, that's the it's funny that i've done a, a joke a joke with no punchline right so like and i so, and I've, it's something i've never seen and i'm not saying like old i'm not saying this is like some amazingly original thing but 
I've, I've never seen another comic do it really right do a sort of I, I used to have one that was seven or eight minutes long and I told them at the start of the routine like at the start of the story that like the end of this story is just shit like it's, not, it's really yeah. it's going to dissipate underwhelming yeah like, and then I tell the story for long enough that they're laughing all the way yeah and it's almost like they've forgotten at what I've told them yes so when I finally do the totally underwhelming end yeah it gets this pause of like what and then <laughs> yeah. it got a, it gets a big laugh for oh yeah you yeah. told us you were going to do that yeah right and it's just a f- joke format that I've I've only ever it's more of a, like an old pub joke format you know that sort of yeah. funny shaggy dog story yeah um, where you're doing it for a wind up essentially yeah but I've never seen another comic do it so I've right. done a few of those over the years where if one will come to me and I'll be like oh here we go again here we go <laughs> thanks for returning <laughs> yeah 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 I'm I reckon I'm the opposite. I, I have a lot of routines over the years that uh, something simple happens and I, I get more and more frustrated yeah. and, and then it builds to a crescendo. Right, yeah, having, yeah, yeah. You know, ostensibly a, a pop moment. Yes. But, it, but it's uh, a lot of minutiae. You're right. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's... Uh, the, the, the last show I did, I had a story, which is a completely true story about buying something on Amazon and having it sent to me and being told it had been delivered and <laughs> and uh, and I getting in touch with someone and it's you know it's it's a new person every yeah. time yeah. so you're having to go through exactly because they've been trained so it's the same conversation yes and but I honestly went to uh, three different post offices uh, to a 7-eleven and to a news agent in a supermarket complex that was getting knocked down and that the news agency was the only place and just not being able to find this thing and then getting the money back and then two days later it arrived. (laughs) 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 And and at the time I was like, like I was so angry and so frustrated about this whole thing. Then it arrived and then I was like, oh, this has worked out well. And then it was like, you know, later that day I'm eating lunch and I went, this is going on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's, um, you always feel a bit bad when you do that, when you've really, you know, lent into this is unacceptable sort yes. of customer services. Yep. And then ultimately, it was just your lack of patience. It's just my lack of patience. <laughs> well, they, in my defense, they told me that it arrived. So yeah, if, if they yeah. hadn't told me that, I would have just been been gladly waiting. Do you, do you ever bring back old routines? Well, I, I didn't used to. Yeah. But I have recently done it um, for two routines that... And weirdly, one of them has become quite a big routine in this new show. Yeah, and it's because it you, like it, it came out. I, I just did it in a in a club. I hadn't done it for about three years. It's about a three or four year old. Yeah, no, it's probably three years because it's a story and it's about something that happened when I was I think thirty nine. So yeah. I, um, but it used to be a two minute bit. That was a two minute little story right. as part of a bigger routine. Right. And recently I think something came up on stage and I just I went, Oh, this thing happened to me and I and I had because I hadn't done a routine in like two years. Yeah. I just told the story of what actually happened, which I didn't originally, but because it, it was only a little part of a bigger bit. Yeah. I just it was a little throwaway, oh this is something that happened as well. Yeah. And but because I was just telling just that bit. Yeah. I just sort of lent into it and suddenly I did like five minutes telling the story. And in my head I was like after the skit, and it went really well. After the gig, I was like, oh, "That story went really well, and it was funny." And I, I was telling loads of details that I'd probably not put in the routine originally. Yeah, that because I, I was just telling it from memory. Yeah, and I sort of went and just sat down and made a few notes. And next gig I did, I went and did it again, and it was like seven minutes long. Yes, 
and and then I started adding some little bits off it, and then now like it's about you know it's probably in its full form currently about a fifteen minute long story. Yeah, right. And it's wow. got loads of little tangents off yeah. it. Yeah, and it's great. Like, and it, that is that's from an old bit that yeah just was a little throwaway. Right, a site. That's great. So that's how I would do it in that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really one for bringing back just a routine as it was. Yeah, I've, I'm quite good at just letting them go. Yeah, even if I loved them, like you know, I had a, in a show a couple of years ago. I had a routine about shower gels, which was, I think, the best observational routine I've ever written. Yeah, you know, it was. It was based in and around a story, but the story was me trying a shower gel that I really liked. Yeah, which is not a good start to any stand-up story really <laughs> but it ended up getting so big and it was like i think i once managed to make it 20 minutes long right i, I did a whole like club set in the uk just starting point was has anyone tried this shower gel and i named yeah. it and it got a cheer because it's quite a you know it's it's the it's got um it's a tea tree and mint right original source yeah the one that's sort of like the, the tea tree just makes your bits tingle right so i said to the audience like has anyone tried this and like got a cheer and i just then went into this 20 minute observational routine basically about original source shower gels yeah and that i think was genuinely the best like the amount of detail i went into about shower gels about you know and it was just it's so such a non-event of a topic yeah (laughs) but i love the fact that it was my entire set yeah and it was on, on, on most nights when i did it it was an absolute killer of a routine yeah and but i just sort of let it go and i remember like being like i think i'm done with that now and now okay. i think i'd struggle now to do it yeah longer you know if i did it now i'd probably miss out loads of stuff i'd forget it and well if you don't be a 10 minute bit or whatever yeah i think it's nice I'd, i i i no matter how good a routine is i often just go like well that, that we've had our time yep. it's like a relationship that yep. didn't work out but it did like, it was great but wasn't going to be forever yeah no no we it was uh we, we had a great time in paris but mm. uh this relationship's not going to work yeah. in london uh i i had to do uh, a um, Valentine's Day not this year last year uh, two shows on Valentine's Day I was talking to uh, Adam Richard and I was like fucking hell I don't know what I'm going to talk about I've been yeah. single for so long but you know there'll be couples there and blah 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 and he, he mentioned an older routine of mine that I have not done in like six years or something yeah. like that and I was like oh yeah you know what maybe oh yeah that's not a bad idea and then trying to remember it trying to remember the beats yeah and uh I couldn't remember the context, so I created a, a whole new context for mm. it. And then uh, did it on Valentine's Day, and then it was like, went really well. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm here for, at the store for the rest of the week. I might as well keep it. And did it for the rest of the week. And then, <laughs> it's really funny. Once upon a time, I would have felt bad about this, but I had all the people at the store and all these young comics go, wow, your, your new routines are killer. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. go, thanks. And then I I think I've just, when I was younger, I I think I was so, right, that's done, move on, that's done, move on. And and now I'm just like, if if I'm enjoying it again, yeah, like there was obviously a reason I stopped doing it because like you said, you move on. But now if I found a new context to it, I'm happy to bring it back and and enjoy it. And I will say it's quite fun sometimes if like it just happens on the night to come up. Yeah. You know, that's the only time I would do an old routine. And I wouldn't do it, again, it wouldn't be exactly like I used to do it. If I haven't done it for ages, I genuinely have forgotten most of it. Yeah. But like last weekend, I think it was Saturday night, I was doing a gig in Melbourne. And 
there was a Bucks party on the front, mm. but they were lovely. They were really chill. They weren't. It wasn't like a loud, yeah. leery one. And I just went on, and about a minute in, I sort of meant I just addressed them and I mm. chatted to them, and they were so twee that I sort of laughed and was like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so impressed with you guys. Like, you know, because in the UK, it, it was like half nine p.m. And I was like, you know, this, there's not a single stag do in the UK that is in this state at 9.30 yes. p.m. Yeah. And it just reminded me of a story I've, I, I used to do on stage. And this was probably up about four or five years ago as well, about going on a stag do to Estonia. I went on, a, like, there was a 16-man stag do to Estonia. Wow. And it was just gross. Right. Like, <laughs> But I t- and it just reminded me of it, and I said to him, "Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. To just, it was gross." <laughs> but I uh, and I it just it just came into my mind when I was chatting to them, mm. and I said to I said to I said like it actually reminds me of a fun- I went on one of these, but it was a like a British and Irish one. Yeah, I said going to Estonia, and I just started the story, and I was I went into the story having just not told it on stage for four years, whatever. Yeah. And it was so much fun yeah. remembering it and telling it again. Just like, like and it, like it was, I was laughing telling it. Yes, it's a really funny and mad story. It's about yeah. it was about it's about me trying to buy, drunkenly trying to buy drugs in Tallinn in Estonia, right. and ended up in an alleyway with a guy with a machete. It's all true. Jesus, I genuinely thought I was going to get murdered. Yeah, and it's and but it just it goes to such an extreme like um place almost like yeah. literally for me starting just drunk in a bar in Tallinn yeah and it ends up with me in a with a machete in my face right and um and I, t- I was telling the story and it was it like the, it's got I got into this sort of rolling laugh myself yeah retelling it yeah and the audience really got into the you know, and so I think so, as the audience really like when uh, you can they can see the person's enjoying themselves yes. and they're enjoying the story but they know that you're genuinely just sort of yeah, you're in not, in a little hysteria. Yeah, you're not you're not finding yourself funny. You're yeah, enjoying. Oh the yeah, 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 it's just, and it was, and just I just that was the rest of my set was just this story. Great, and it was such fun rem- yeah. remembering it. Yeah, geez, bucks parties can like a, a bad bucks party can ruin friendships. I reckon. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I, I was literally talking to uh, a friend of mine a couple of days ago and we I, I can't even remember how it came up but we just remembered uh, a mate of ours at a bucks party and it was his behavior was so weird <laughs> like it wasn't it, it wasn't like he wasn't rude or anything yeah but it was just so weird how into it he was right that we all kind of were like you're a dad in your 40s yeah I, i've got it i used to do a routine about um, going on these it was like it actually was a separate routine yeah I've, I don't know I've got another story about going on one to Spain right so I used to have a routine about how like and when I do it when I've so done it funny. here like, I, I, I've like, been on Bucks parties that have gone to Coburg yeah 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 <laughs> you've gone to Spain well this is Australia. it like I, I've, when, when I did the routine here a few years ago it was about the fact that Bucks parties here are so nice and local yeah and like and, I, and the, the sort of then I talked about how in the UK like we literally invade Another country, you know, sort of Eastern European countries, right? And um, and the, I in that in the routine about what's going to one in Spain, I talk about how like the worst person on the stag do is always a married father of three in their forties. Yes, and I said because they're the ones who need it. Yes, <laughs> that's a dangerous person to have on a stag yes. do. They need a release of tension. Oh, the the way they drink. Oh yeah, the way they they they, they drink forgetting they haven't got the capacity for it because yes. they've literally spent the last 
eight years yes with raising a family yes and they're working hard and they're literally just exhausted for eight years of exhaustion yeah and they suddenly are on a stag do and they start drinking at 6 a.m in an airport oh. and you know by 3 p.m they are like paraplegic yes <laughs> and it's mad yeah and you're looking at them going like th- th- this person in particular my mate and i were like are you all right <laughs> like are you are you having a nervous breakdown yeah, and he yeah. was uh you know he was trying to grab other guys and kiss yeah, them yeah, thinking yeah. it was hilarious and we were like oh like to be honest this behavior would have been weird in our 20s but yeah. now it's just con- but now any like i haven't caught up with him in ages and anytime i last time i see saw him like it was just hey yeah <laughs> how are you <laughs> so I've, I've got um, one of my, my oldest friend on earth we've known we've been friends since we were three years old Cute. and um and you know, we couldn't have had more different lives, really. Like, yeah. we'd, we'd just always been friends just because we were just friends from that. Yeah, we went to yeah. nursery together. Right. And, you know, we like, he hated school. I, I didn't like school, but I still did the bare minimum to get through it. Yeah. The moment we got to 16, he was out. He just went and got, like, a job on a building site. And, right. You know, and then he's just, and he's gone through periods where... You know he's, um, you know he's done all right out of that work, and mm. periods where he's been out of work, and and he had kids really early. Like mm. we just had such different lives, but we've always been friends, and like we'll still we don't see each other that often, but you know every few months we'll have a nice. I'll go around, we'll see the family and all that stuff. Mm. But he he was always a real nightmare drinker. Like on a night out, he was just so he had a point of drunk- drunkenness about four or five pints, right. and this was back in the day when he could drink. You know he could drink. 12 pints over the right. night but by uh, the moment he hit about five his, his eyes sort of went and his eyes went so mischievous like he had right. this little glint in his eye yeah that you just the moment you saw that you're like we're in trouble like, yes we're gonna get kicked out of this pub because he's gonna do something weird yes and it could be like sort of getting into an altercation with another guy right it could be He'll start break dancing uh, in front of a group of girls. <laughs> it was just wow. there was no rhyme nor reason to it. Yeah, like and um, or it could be like oh he's just going to get his knob out for no reason. Like it was just right. chaos the moment he got drunk. And then it's like he spins the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pretend to be a duck. Oh my god! And like he, but then he sort of then he had a family quite young, and he sort of wound it in and stopped drinking that. And he just he just he now is a very very settled family man but then yeah. he's had quite a lot of issues like one both two of his daughters had quite a weird genetic thing that right. meant they had to undergo a lot of like really intense surgical stuff and like at points it looked like they like both of them actually and there's a big gap between them look like they might not you know make it right and luckily they're all fine but like the, everyone got through it and like he's it really hit him his mental health was really bad but and he definitely was really protective of not drinking because he knew like it just he, he wasn't in the mind to drink yeah and then about four years ago um i had a we had a barbecue and he came and he like the barbecue started at like 2 p.m mm. and he got there at one mm. and just like uh, and i went I, like, and i was i had a big bucket of beers and I, i'd already started one because i was preparing food yeah and, it, and i went are you having what are you doing and i said are you drinking at the minute or not and he goes oh, i'll have a beer and yeah. he's had one and then, you know, flash forward to 2 p.m. when people start arriving, me and him have already had three beers. Right. And, like, he just, over the next couple of hours, 
that got so problematic. Right. Like, it's the only time I've ever had to literally kick a mate out of my own house. Like, literally say, right. say to him, you, you have to go home. You can't yeah. be here. You're causing problems. Right. Like, literally, you're making everyone, you're putting everyone on edge. Yeah. And I had to just call an Uber and I had to put him in it. Yeah. Like, and just go, mate, get home. And I messaged his wife and I said, I'm sending him home because he's pissed and he's yeah. really, like, gone a bit mad. Yeah. And like she said, he fell out of the taxi at the other end, and like, right. But it was just that thing. Is like he just had that middle-aged, stressed dad thing. Of yeah. The moment a beer went to his lips, yeah, he could feel the tension like releasing, and like just went bananas. Yeah. Like he was saying, "Oh, oh my god!" Like I still cringe <laughs> thinking about it. Like, like I don't, sorry, like, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but I just oh. being around that kind of thing because it was because like, it wasn't just like the problem was if it was just my old mates, yeah, who've known him since we were kids, yeah, there wouldn't be a problem. Everyone yeah. would be like, "That's Dan, Daniel's off on his mind." Oh, here we one go. Again. Yeah, but because it was loads of like Hannah's friends and you yeah. know some of them, like some people like oh yeah, I remember like yeah, Hannah's friend um, who's an acting friend who's a really successful actor. She's lovely. Um, just like Daniel just got really weird around her not in a sort of sex- sexual way right but just kept sort of floating around her a bit and like because right. his eyes go crazy yeah <laughs> he wasn't doing anything intimidating other than just yeah. being there just yeah not and he's quite a big imposing guy as well yeah. so I think everyone was just like fucking who is this yeah madman yeah and yeah it was brutal having to kick him out you know sort of literally right. remove a friend from yeah. your house is horrible yeah but, but it had to be done it had to be done the uh I've had a couple of friends who have wanted to you know really get back on it and have all nighters, yeah, and yeah. I can't think of anything no. worse. Like we had a pretty late night last night, yeah. but the like that was that was heaps for me. Yes, and I, that that'll do me for a while now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. uh, I got some friends who have been, uh, you know, five six in the morning kind of thing. Oh, I, that makes I got, me feel sick. Now. Mate, I got trapped with uh, with a mate who was, you know, I didn't realize was on it. Yeah, and. It, Got to 4am and I just could not break out of this conversation. And they were, you know, really expressing a lot of things that were going on in their life. And it's also like I'm friends with the partner as well. And I'm like, this is, hey, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that you're talking, but also this, this is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the, the irony was that earlier in the uh, day, uh, this person had been saying to me, you, you take on too much. Of my friend's shit, <laughs> and then it's four a.m. and I'm like, I I have to go to yeah, bed. Yeah, like yeah. I, every time I tried to get out of the conversation, something else came up, yes. and then it's like, okay, well, let's just ride this out. And then I just had to go to bed, and then the next day they were like, really apologetic because yeah. they knew what they'd done. But it was like, no, I, this it 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 made me like the idea of pulling an all nighter makes me dry rich oh because also it's going to take days for me to put myself back together yes like even like, like last night I, I still i like a drink i still mm. i probably drink you know i might drink a couple of nights a week mm-hmm. but o- always at gigs I, I, it's yeah. a social thing i'm not yeah. you know i never drink at home like no. i just wouldn't even cross my mind if i'm sat at home on an evening watching something to be like i'll crack a beer like yeah no no slight on people that do i'm just saying for me i've always a so again, it's probably growing up in and around pubs. Yeah. For me, drinking is a social thing. Yes. Like Han- Hannah, actually, always she gets a bit annoyed with me because like she likes to sort of 
you know, especially now we're, because we're staying with her parents while we're in uh, Melbourne. Like her and her mum love a little, like little, a crack little, open, a little bubbly yeah. thing with dinner, and like sort of Hannah sometimes got, like gets a bit annoyed that I don't ever want to partake in drinking at home. Right. You know, not annoyed, but she'll sort of she finds it weird that I've got such an aversion to it. Yeah. And I think it's I, I I would say it's probably a mixture of loving pubs. Yeah. And also just I don't know because I've yeah I think because I've come from a family with a very long history of alcohol problems mm. like it's almost everyone in my family at some point has had them yeah um i'm i'm always like so like it's like i've put in some very specific ground rules with myself yeah to never even venture down there yes you know yes. and it's, it, it's worked my whole life i've gone through phases where like you know i could go to the edinburgh fringe and basically get drunk every night for a month right you know and then i'll come back from the fringe and i won't drink for two weeks well it wouldn't even cross my mind to have another one it's no, yeah i've never ever managed to fall into a period where like even on paper if you said like if you are oh, you're drinking every day but it's like yeah because i'm at a festival yeah and it's a social thing yeah but the moment i'm just back to normal life and at home i wouldn't dream of having a worst drinking i've ever like sustained drinking is during back when i used to do the festivals yeah, yeah. and the 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 moment when i realized that i was drinking a lot at festivals would be that when someone said you have a late night uh, did you have a big one last night you go no nah, no nah. Uh, it was a pretty subdued night, and then you'd think about it. You'd, go, you'd think oh, I had four spirits, uh, I had two wines, and I got to bed at two thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, that's a lot. That's yeah, for, yeah, like, for if, a normal if, night that would be if that's, fine. If, if that's a subdued night, what yeah, have you been doing? On? That'd be a big yeah. That's a that's a night out. Yeah, but you're, yeah, for you it's a quiet night at a festival. Yeah, big night to me is the night when um, Limo and I. Was were just on a bender by yeah, yeah. everybody tequila at the hi-fi bar. <laughs> oh and I, the last thing I remember is having my arms around my manager at the time and yelling at the ceiling because that was make uh, Tom Gleason and I. It makes us laugh to yell at the ceilings, <laughs> yell at the air. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. yelling at the ceiling. This is why I do commercial radio. And then I wake up and my partner at the time was like, "Wow, you were fucked oh, last night." And then Limo went to the hi-fi bar the next night and the bath and said hey come over here and he said yeah and he said do you want to know how much you and Hamo spent on tequila last oh, night and no. Limo was like no really yeah. <laughs> but why we and he said it got to a point where we you were buying everyone so much tequila and we were also giving it to you at uh, yeah, we yeah. started discounting it but you, you guys spent $700 oh, on tequila God. and like someone had just walked up and was like do you want a tequila and like oh, God. and yeah like, you know, had a good time and mm. glad I did it. Yeah. Oh, I could not do it now. No. And just even, I even got a little shake. Yeah. A little shiver just thinking about it. But that's what I mean when they're saying like, I, yeah, I can, I, can, I probably, a lot of my mates hardly drink at all now. Yeah, a lot mm. of, I've got, I've got mates who've just stopped drinking totally. Like, mm. oh, this doesn't agree with me anymore. And but I still do drink. I still like mm. a drink. Yeah. But the thought of it being a four or five a.m. Oh. Like... Last night was a like was later than I would normally yes. dream of going unless it was some extreme case. Yeah. But nowadays, like I, I really like just a few beers, a yeah. nice chat with some people, and being home and in bed by midnight. That's yeah. my happy place. Yeah. Well, I I honestly think the reason it went later for us last night was because we were watching uh, the the CrossFit Games on uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest uh, ESPN show yeah, <laughs> event we've ever seen with these uh, really muscular women uh, lifting sacks and yeah. putting them 
through hoops. There is fun. I mean, because <laughs> this area, I feel like anytime I end up drinking late in this area, yeah, it's something. It's something weird about it. There's something like it's, it's always something quite like um, almost David Lynchy going on. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like last time I was in town was November, mm. and I had actually a really late night then. I remember. I I so wanted to go back to the hotel, mm. and I think it might have been though the last night we were in Sydney, mm. and so the people I was touring with like and everyone wanted to go out, so we had dinner and then there was like talk of going back to the hotel, mm. and then somebody was like, "No, come on, let's get another drink." And we went to another bar, mm. and and then that one shut about half an hour later, and I, in my head I was like, "Thank the Lord, we're now yes. definitely going home." Yes. And then somebody went, oh, no, let's get a taxi to Surrey Hills and go yeah. to the Strawberry Hotel. Yeah. And we walked in there and it was probably, I don't know, half 12, one in the morning. Yeah. And it was honestly like we'd walked into some sort of surreal nightmare. Yeah. There was just one group of crazy people over here. Yeah. There was a guy on his own on the pool table. Yeah. Playing pool, wearing big noise-canceling headphones and dancing in between shots. Like, right. Just really, like, really weird dancing. Not like... Yeah. Not like a... Not like grooving. he's in a club. Yeah. It was like he was sort of in some weird, like, performance art yeah. show. Like, And just everything just fell off. Yeah. Like, there was no music on. It was just all quiet. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. And Surrey Hills is a bit weird. Like, I, I remember being out with... Uh, who was I with? I, was, I think I was with uh, my mate, Malk, Richard Feidler, and Mark Humphreys. And we were having a, a drink... And um, someone just walked up and put in front of us a an upside down mushroom cracked, uh, but that was split <laughs> open, and they'd put a, a raw egg in the middle of it. And it was, and and just put it down, and then just kind of looked at us and walked off. And we honestly just continued talking. Yeah, yeah. And then it was ages before we kind of looked at it and went, "Oh, that poor guy really thought he was freaking us out." Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That he he doesn't realise. The worlds we've lived in, and yes. this is it's not my first. It's not my first m- mushroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Field, I can't whatever. even be bothered making a. I bet he was a fun guy kind of joke. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to just kind of keep moving. But there is something like this area feels like. Uh, to me, it feels like a suburb of Melbourne with much more vitamin D, and also yes. uh, it's very artsy. But then it's also, you know, like. One morning, on a Sunday morning, I, I these are the kinds of things I see all the time. I was standing on that balcony having a little coffee and I watched a pretty drunk guy wandering this, uh, crossing the road and he was staggering and he walked into a car, parked car, <laughs> and set off the alarm. And the alarm was going, uh, 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 and this guy looked at the alarm and went back to it. Uh, 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 and he just kept making that noise. And then, then the car's... The car stopped and he stopped and he walked off. Uh, and I just kind of was like, yep, that feels like what happens on this street. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Surrey Hills. <laughs> um, hey, we should uh, finish up, but uh, you're about to do the festivals. Did you do Perth? Uh, I didn't know. So I didn't yeah. do Perth or Adelaide. I'm not doing Adelaide. I'm just going straight into Melbourne. I've done a ah. few work in progresses. Yep. I've got a few more. And then I'm just going to yeah dive straight into Melbourne. And then I'm in Sydney for the first weekend of the comedy festival as well. Oh, great. Oh, that's so you yes. kind of roll it all up and then yeah, you, and then you're done. Do it then, and then I think got a few bits afterwards. Then back to the UK. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of deciding whether or not to do the Edinburgh Fringe. Okay, I've got some options. Like I've got a nice, I've got a nice venue offer. 
Um, but I'm just in my mind. I've not done the full fringe since 2000, uh, 2019. Right. Like last year, I went and did five nights, and it was great. Just doing yes. a short run. Yes. So there's something about like I don't mind doing a full run in Melbourne. Right. You know, and I like Sydney for the fact that no one does a long run in Sydney yeah. Comedy Festival. People just come and do a few nights, and then that's it. And like Adelaide nowadays, a lot of people are just doing shorter runs. Like the yeah. whole landscape shifted. Yeah. But Melbourne, I find, because Melbourne's quite a small festival, really. I know it's got much bigger. Yeah. But it's just comedy. Yeah. Like, it's not a fringe, so it yeah. doesn't feel as all-encompassing. Yeah. And it's all the shows are in the evening. You yeah. know, it's sort of from six o'clock, they'll be the first ones, and goes through till 11, 12, whatever. Yeah. Like, it feels much more... Uh, it's not yeah it, just, it doesn't take over your life yeah you can still live a normal life while doing Melbourne Comedy Festival I think yeah but Edinburgh isn't like that Edinburgh is you're in it like you're, yeah. it's, a, it's a month of yeah you know it's heavy you're in like it's so you can't walk anywhere without being surrounded by a thousand people doing shows I feel like Adelaide's a bit like that I, yeah I read well. Adelaide because yeah. it, again it's because it's, it's a fringe small. and yeah. it's very there's it's, hubs yeah and it's just everywhere is you know you walk everywhere there's street performance and yeah. like and it just you know there's no getting there's no getting away from the fact you're at a festival doing a show yeah you know you don't you very rarely feel like you're just having a normal day yeah and but Edinburgh you can have is, that in Melbourne yeah Melbourne yeah. you definitely can because like in the daytime you wouldn't even see a, anything to do with it basically yeah. but yes yeah, so, and and Edinburgh I think is the most extreme so it's like yeah. you know it's a bigger fringe than Adelaide isn't it. Yes, no, it's the biggest fringe in the world. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, and, and, and I um, think Adelaide's second. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a bigger festival, and it's in a much smaller, you know, it's condensed into. Yeah, I wouldn't even say a square mile. It's smaller than a square mile. It's yeah. such a tiny. Like Edinburgh is a small city at the best of times, but yeah, but the actual bit where the venues are is into like you know it's probably a square six hundred meters yeah. or something, and there's. Yeah hundreds of thousands of people crammed into yeah. it. Whereas even <clears throat> even though Adelaide's a small city that is uh that knows the whole fringes on, Adelaide's a really nicely made city. Yes. Like everything's actually quite spaced out, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't feel quite as uh, well, yeah, it's not a gothic yeah. like sort of Scottish city, all yeah. grey and yeah. beautiful city. Yeah. But you know, it's it's very much you spend a lot of time walking down cobbled back streets yeah it's sort of quite a sort of uh it is a heavy city to walk yeah. around to spend a month as well yeah with yeah, there's too many people crammed into a small city even though and it's you know you don't really get to appreciate edinburgh when you go there on the fringe because you don't it's not real edinburgh it's like yeah you can't have an extra million people over a, a month come into a city that size and yeah still get a sense of it you can't walk down the street without there being like you know it takes you 10 minutes to walk down the street that would take one minute normally so yeah. so many people on it yeah whereas if you go to outside a festival it's one of the most beautiful cities on the planet right like it's gorgeous and yeah. nice and relaxed yeah and, oh, it's lovely the uh i i couldn't do a full festival again like it's funny i uh that that last show i did i think i honestly did eight performances yeah and yeah. i i felt pretty happy with that i felt mm. pretty content I, I did one i only did one in melbourne yeah and i was wrapped I, I had a great time it was a fantastic night and why ruin it by doing a second yeah <laughs> i got everything i, I needed yeah, that yeah. i wanted from it out of that performance yes so you know i understand the trepidation of yeah but like, it might I mean, be fun if, but if I'm, I'm gonna really like if i do i'm gonna basically decide in the next probably two three weeks mm. And if I do the full run in Edinburgh, like I, I, I definitely will really, like it would be really good doing the full run in Melbourne just mm. to like you know constantly be still be working on the show. Mm. You know, I'm not going to 
think of it as a finished thing. Yeah. I want to, you know, by the end of Melbourne, I'll have the show that was I was happy with in Melbourne. Yeah. But then I'll have a few months to be like, now what do I do with it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think I will change it up quite substantially for yeah. for Edinburgh. For Edinburgh. Uh, where are you in Melbourne? I'm at the Victoria Hotel, oh, the which Vic. is nice. I really, yeah. I really, I've done it before, and it's a yeah. really cool venue. Yeah. My, I gen- and this like the more I've done comedy, the more nowadays when I when I do a venue, I I I think more about what's it like for the audience before the show. Yeah. You know how I, I like them to come in in good moods. Yeah. And I've done some venues where there's not much of a place for them to relax beforehand yeah. and they've just got a queue outside. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's raining, they're just queuing up in the rain, basically. Yeah. And what I like about the Vic, and I had it last year, I did the Western Hotel last year, which yeah. is now really cool. You know, I've been using it for a few years at the Comedy Festival as a venue and they've managed to make it into a little hub and there's four yeah. different performance spaces upstairs and there's a nice little bar and Great. it's just a cool place for people to hang out before the show and then, then they get called up to the venue. Yeah. And the Vic Hotel, I think, has got a really lovely like, atmosphere before yeah. and after shows. So, yeah. yeah. And what time? Um, 7.50. Oh, that's... Which is a nice time. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Because, yeah, Melbourne is one of them cities where you don't want to be... I, I did 9.45 one year and it was... Yeah. I was like, this is too late for Melbourne. These people want to go to bed early. You, you know, uh, I did uh, the Vic Hotel two years in a row at 9.45. Yeah. First year, Great. Really great right. weather. It was warm at uh, night, okay. yeah, and it was yeah. awesome. The next year, it was getting dark at five p.m., and there was someone on at six p.m. Yeah. who consistently ran over. So my show uh, was, you know, the the person who runs over by five minutes at the start of the yeah, night yeah. means that your show goes up twenty twenty five yes. minutes late every night. And I, and I, felt I felt it for the audience because yeah. I was thinking I don't want to be here. Yeah, it's a this bit is late. too late. Whereas I mean, it's different. I I would say. Somewhere like Adelaide or like a fringe, I think you can get away with being mm. later. Mm. Like I'm thinking of actually doing my show later in Edinburgh this year than mm. than I ever have done. I think I'm, I think I might do the latest show I've ever done. Right, but but for fun reasons, like I think I'm, I would change the show to be more of a a, a night's cap. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And um, so I've got ideas about doing that. Yeah, but I wouldn't dream of doing a show much later in Melbourne. I think. Yeah. During the week, people in Melbourne are just like you know. They're not night owls, are no, they? No, no, no. We've got stuff to do, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, 7.50 at the Vic Hotel in Melbourne and Sydney. Do you know... Sydney, S- I'm doing the Enmore Theatre Wine Bar. Oh, great. On the first Thursday. And the, the festival starts on the Thursday of 20-something. The, the last, April? Yeah, the yeah. end of April. Yeah. So, I'm doing the first Thursday and Friday. Oh, yeah. Great. Great. That's yeah. excellent. And uh, where can people find you? Just online. Instagram is now the one that yeah. I tend to still... Begrudgingly to. use, yeah, you yeah. Know what I, I mean, I've, I've um, Instagram. Uh, I have, uh, I've got the algorithm, so they're they're showing me NBA stuff. They're showing me stuff about animals being cute yeah. and uh, random comic book covers and yeah, panels. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, it's great. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I'm really, I hardly look at it anymore. But that yeah. is the one I use. I still post stuff on there. Yeah, but like I. I Twitter, I hardly ever go on. I don't. I downloaded TikTok and for a couple of weeks, and then got rid of it. So I was like, "That's gonna. This, this one is literally gonna destroy my brain." Mate, I, like I, I downloaded TikTok uh, what 2018, yeah. I reckon 2017, and I, I reckon I had a few minutes where I just went, "Nah, yeah, this." Good on anyone who can use it, but I, this is going to be unhealthy for me, and I can yeah. tell right now. Well, I've got an app. I like. I recently downloaded an app to. 
it's, uh, on the iPhone called Opal, mm. and it's a uh, it's basically a screen time app where you can just block your phone. Oh, yes. apart from certain things. Yeah. So now most of the day, my phone is only I can only use it for like WhatsApp. So if I get messages or phone calls, yeah. And I can't look at social media. Yeah. I can use the internet. Like, yeah, I can go on if I need to Google something. Yeah. I can look at IMDb if I'm watching something and want to know yeah. who's that. Yeah. You know, I can just use things that you would only naturally use for one or two minutes. Yes. Nothing that you can actually scroll on, nothing right. that can just keep your attention. Yeah. And I've had it on for a few weeks and it's an absolute game changer. Like, yeah. My screen time, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these people that sits on it for nine hours a day. Right. But on days when I've had down, like, especially when I'm away from like home gigging, yeah. you know, you can find yourself just sitting around, just scrolling, reading about stuff and looking yeah. on Instagram and going off on little tangents. And yeah. like, you know, before you know it, you've looked at social media for three hours in that day. Yes. So now like my phone usage, my the screen time's right down. But what's really down is social media. I mean, yeah. I'm probably in the last couple of weeks, my social media over the day is ten minutes a day, yeah, if yeah, that, yeah. fifteen yeah. push, and the rest of the usage is watching something yeah. on a, a flight on yeah. Netflix, like, and it's great, and yeah. I feel like I'm sleeping better. Yeah, my yeah, it just helps your brain work better. Like you're not yeah. wasting so much mental energy. Yeah, you can uh, you can sit with it. You know, it's not overstimulated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I recommend it. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to finish up this podcast as well because I have not forgotten the story about the person who has the photo on their uh, (laughs) phone and I'm dying to know who it is and I'm going to ask you as soon as I press stop now. Thank you to Carl Donnelly for joining me today. What a treat, right? What a... What a, what a naturally lovely man. And uh, to be honest, that podcast could have easily gone for another hour. We was having such a nice time having a chat with him. Please go and check out his show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and Sydney Comedy Festival. Uh, heads up for Patreon subscribers. In case you haven't noticed, there's some old Can You Take This Photo, Please podcast. I put up uh, a recent one with Richard Feidler. And uh, th- those old chats with Ro- uh, with have we put up Rove yet? No, maybe not Rove. But there's definitely Richard and Will and uh, and a few others from 10, 12 years ago. They're kind of fascinating to listen to now, knowing uh, where they're at and how things have changed or how things haven't changed. So, uh, yes, you can pick those up at Patreon. You can pick up uh, other bonus podcasts and you can also... Um, uh, you know, I can uh, send you some free tickets to things as well through that site too. Uh, we managed to get some for Rob Carlton uh, for my subscribers in Adelaide. And uh, yeah, anytime I can throw some treats out that way, uh, the Patreon site is where they will land. Also, it's all ad-free as well, which uh, makes things uh, a lot more fun. Uh, also, uh, one more quick shout out to everyone who is still listening to the the Ultimate, which was the long-form story under the Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted banner. Uh, there's a few of you who are having a really good time. There's a lot of you around the 18 to 22 chapter mark. So um, I won't say any more, but it's it's just a real pleasure to have people writing to me and uh, letting me know how much they're enjoying that. That was a real labour of love. So uh, I'm glad that it has found an audience with you. Okay, I am 
going off to see some space worms. Yes, that's what Dune is all about in my head. Big, massive space worms. Sounds kind of rude. Anyway, you've been great. Thank you so much for listening. It's always appreciated, and we will speak soon. Until then. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.